Hello, and welcome to Eyes on Success, a weekly program covering a wide variety of topics of interest to people with vision loss. I'm Nancy Goodman Torpy. And I'm Pete Torpy. But first, for our tip of the week. We've been hearing Nancy say that at the beginning of every episode of Eyes on Success for the past 10 years. And over the years, our listeners have expressed to us the fact that they really enjoy some of these tips. So today, we decided to gather a bunch of them. But first, for this week's tip of the week, and this is a brand new tip. This week's tip is Steri-Strip wound closures from Nexcare are a wonderful product in general, and especially for those cracked foreheads when you've walked into yet another wall. Before we get into the actual tip, do you want to describe to people briefly what a Steri-Strip is in case they don't know? Oh, these things are great. So if you ever end up in urgent care or maybe even the emergency room and you sort of need stitches, but they don't feel like using the thread and sticking a needle into you, they use adhesive strips. They're sort of like strapping tape. They've got the little threads through them so that they're especially strong and they work like stitches, but without a needle. Anyway... I was talking to several blind people that I know over the past year or so about moving into this new house and how in learning to navigate around the new house, I was often smashing into walls and what hits the wall first, it's your forehead. And somehow foreheads split very easily and heads bleed a lot. And I told them that, well, Nancy got to be very good over the years with these Steri-Strips. She would just patch me up and I'd go along my merry way without any fuss. And I was kind of surprised to learn that several of these other blind people I were talking to had the same problem. They were always smashing into walls and busting their heads open also. So Steri-Strips are the magic that heals everybody. Thanks, Nancy. I've gotten very good with them. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, 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 success. Let's start by reprising some tips that we've given. And this first tip is from the very first show we ever aired. So number 1101, back when Eyes on Success was still called Viewpoints. That was in January of 2011. Long time ago. So as we said, we'll start this show and every show with a tip of the week. This week's topic is wearing eyeglasses even if you can't see. As he said, Pete's been blind to varying degrees his entire life. Corrective lenses could never have been of any help to him since his biggest visual problem was damage to his optic nerve from glaucoma. However, when he was 30, he started wearing eyeglasses. So Pete, can you tell the story of how and why you started wearing glasses? Well, as you indicated, I couldn't see that well uh, when I was younger either, but I didn't wear my glasses. And I was dancing one evening and wound up bumping into somebody and scratching my cornea. And that was quite a painful uh, process. So after that, I decided that even though glasses wouldn't help me see any better, it was a good idea to have some protection to protect the limited vision that I did have. And they've come in quite useful, as you know, over the years. We are forever going to the glasses store to get them straightened out again after some wall or 
whatever did damage to the glasses, but at least they don't usually damage peat. Right. Our last incident was actually just a couple of days ago when I was shoveling out a, um, a little bush in the backyard, and I bent over to take one more good shovelful, and the, one of the branch of the bushes smacked me right in the glasses and knocked the glasses. They went flying. But uh, fortunately, I only got a little scratch on my nose. So, you know, there was a very good circumstance where it uh, came in useful. As I recall, the first pair of glasses you tried to get was at the safety glasses shop at Xerox, where we both have recently retired after long careers. That was kind of the, funny, the, huh, Pete? The, they, bought, they balked a little bit. They wouldn't give me my free pair of safety glasses unless I had a prescription. Well, of course, I didn't have any prescription. I just wanted plate glass and something safe. So I actually had to go to the eye doctor and get a prescription for uh, just some minimal prescription so they would be happy. As I recall, the doctor put plate glass in front of the eye. He had a little bit of vision through, but the prescription in front of the eye that had no vision because he didn't want to mess up whatever Pete was seeing. So he didn't change what was coming in to the eye where he could see a little bit. Right. The other thing I've found useful is to get a, a frame that's good and sturdy. Um, sometimes, you know, you want to get some designer-looking frame. It looks very nice. Uh, and uh, But I've found that some of those are a little bit too flimsy. And when I walk into a wall or get hit with something, they'll, they'll get bent all out of shape, and they often won't protect as, as they're supposed to. So that's one of the things I look for when I get uh, glasses these days. But we're always in the glasses store uh, getting these things repaired when I walk into things. Uh, the other interesting thing is I, I walk around with a cane these days for mobility, and um, it always brings up some interesting questions, and sometimes you know, people don't quite know what to do. They see someone with glasses, and they see someone with a cane, and those give two very different signals to people. So sometimes it causes a little bit of confusion. You know, Just talking to people and making them aware of what the situation is generally is helpful. And one other benefit to the glasses is, frankly, they help cosmetically because the glare makes it a little harder to see Pete's eyes. And he's had a dozen operations at least, and, and it actually looks better with a little bit of the glare. And even though he can't see, Pete always likes to look good. My only question is, um, now that all my friends are getting bifocals as they get older, I wonder if I should get bifocals to fit in. Anyway, that was our very first tip over 10 years ago. And this is another tip that we really wish more blind people would get told this earlier in life. This is also from our very first year of airing the show. This week's tip is that you should look at people's voices when you're in a conversation with them. And this is something that Pete's mom did a great, great job of training him into as a kid, because, of course, as a kid, he couldn't see well enough to know which way to look either. But this has been really terrific. Yeah, she always made me uh, insisted that I look at people when I talk to them. And that's really important to catch people's attention and also to, to make them believe that you're actually talking to them and interested in what they're saying. Right. People find it a little bit distracting or disturbing or maybe even distressing if the person that they're chatting with is looking somewhere else. It just kind of looks like you're not really paying attention. Right. Even I find it distracting when people aren't looking at me when they talk. I mean, even though I can't see them, you can certainly hear where their voice is directed. And uh, it's sometimes very frustrating. Like I'll know that someone's uh, 
you know, reading a magazine while they're talking to me, which I used to get on the kids' cases and even sometimes Nancy's case once in a while. Yeah, but it only <laughs> took about five or ten that, years for you to train me out of that. That's true. Or if people are, you know, looking at a TV while they're talking to you, I always felt, um, you know, kind of kind of left aside, and that would, that would kind of frustrate me a little bit. So even for people who can't see, I think it's kind of important to look in their direction and try to look them in the eye. We have run into some funny situations. For example, there was one time we went to a restaurant with a bunch of friends, and the waiter walked over to the table and asked Pete what he would like. And so Pete looked right back up at where the question came from, which was where the waiter had been standing until he moved and asked for a cup of coffee. And there's this big pause, like, you know, we're all thinking, what could be so complicated about a cup of coffee? And finally, the waiter looks at Pete. You know, we're like, what's the problem? The waiter looks at Pete and says, I was wondering what you were looking at. And not skipping a beat, Pete said. I said, well, I was wondering what I was looking at also. <laughs> and was a, a little uh, uh, surprised that when his voice came from a different direction than where I expected it to come from. All our friends, of course, laughed. But they understand that Pete takes uh, his his blindness with a certain degree of humor. But the poor waiter was aghast because, you know, he'd been socialized. You're not supposed to laugh about things like that. But we thought it was funny. But it is important to catch people's attention uh, when when you look at them. Even uh, uh, one of the people I roomed with in graduate school, he used to ride a motorcycle, and he was always, and he'd come to a corner, and he'd try to look other drivers right in the eye because sometimes people aren't looking for motorcycles, and he tried to catch people's attention that way. So, And as a pedestrian, I do the same thing crossing the street. I don't trust anybody to stay stopped. Eyes on Success is made possible in part by our corporate partners. Underwriting pairs the impact of targeted marketing with the integrity of community goodwill. Learn more by sending an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. This week's focus topic is some of our favorite tips that were provided by guests on the show. At the beginning of each interview, we tell each guest that we will be asking for a tip later. And of course, we play these at the beginning of the show, but we always get them at the end of the interview. And some of them are relevant to the topic at hand. Some of them are just general. They vary all over the map. And many people like to give advice for living a good life. And we've gotten similar tips from many of our guests, and you know they're all correct. So the first one we'd like to play for you is Joshua Loya when he was talking about participating in several forms of martial arts which involve weapons. Don't just think that because nobody's done it before that you know of, don't immediately assume that it can't be done because humans were designed with an amazing capacity for adaptation, and we oftentimes sell ourselves short. There's one quote, if you assume you can't, you won't. If you assume you can, you might. And I think that's really important to remember. And Joshua carried that attitude through to not only using martial weapons in his activities, but also to extreme surfing. And we've talked to him about both of those activities. He doesn't let anything stop him. This next person who was a guest on the show refers to himself as Blind Dave Healy, and he also participates in calling them extreme sports wouldn't begin to cover it. He does ultra marathons, 
to an incredible degree. My philosophy on life, I suppose, is if I can't help, I'm not going to harm. But blindness is a terrible thing. But I can live with blindness. Don't want to, but I can, and I do. You know, there are, there are people in this world who are far, far worse off than I am. And if I can show a little bit of help towards them and make their lives comfortable as I go through life, then so be it. And I reckon that, you know, if we were all to apply that, well, maybe the world would be a much better place. And in case you don't remember that show or you didn't hear it, Dave is the guy who ran seven marathons on seven continents in seven days. So he doesn't let anything stop him either. And in raising money to support his endeavors, he also donates a large fraction of it to organizations that help other people with visual impairments. The next one is Ty Thompson. We spoke with him about golfing, and yes, he's blind also. And one of the really memorable parts about that show was when he told us about his hole-in-one. But this is his tip. Changes in is always going to be a part of life, and it depends on how you look at it. You can have change affect you, or you can affect change. And I've always looked at the positive side of things, where I take change as a matter of life and grow and learn from it. Ty happened at the time to be talking about his loss of vision, but what he said applies to so many aspects of life. And change is not always a bad thing. I used to work for a guy who always said that in chaos lies opportunity. And what he was mostly talking about then was we went through many reorganizations at Xerox and they'd restructure everything and everybody would be all upset about the reorgs. But he would say that, you know, when things are changing, you can find the place you want to be. And so he would always use it as an opportunity. And that's more or less what Ty was trying to tell us all. The next person who expressed a positive outlook on life is Mark Dillon. And we talked to him about using 3D printers to render art to make it accessible to people with vision loss. I think it's so important for anyone in the world to love what you are doing. One of the things that gives me the greatest day is to to work with someone, and if if I can help one person every day, then I feel like my life is adding to the goodness of the world. So the, the greatest tip that I, I give people is if you want to feel good about yourself, do things that help other people. There's always opportunities to do something for someone around you, and I've taken my life now, and I dedicate my life to being able to help other people and communities and individuals to do things that they love as well and to enrich their lives. The greatest way to feel good about yourself is to do something for someone else. And, of course, that works both ways. Not only do you feel good, but they feel good. After all, we are a community across the world. The next person we'll hear from is Cheryl Cummings, who manifests doing something for other people by running a computer camp for blind youth. I really think that what's very, very important for folks who are blind, maybe for anybody, is this sense and willingness to explore unexpected things or new things because so often it's a little bit like you don't know what you don't know and to some extent when people come along and say have you ever thought about this sometimes the 
real success and real opportunities in life come when people ask you to like think beyond where you are at present and to trust that they might actually be able to introduce you to something that might make a lot of sense for you maybe in the future, but isn't too obvious right at the present. You know, as she says, there is so much of interest in the world. And sometimes if you don't know a lot about a particular topic, on the surface, it may sound boring. We moved to Colorado and I saw all these talks on geology and I wasn't particularly interested in geology. But once you go to a couple of them, you find out that, boy, there's a lot of details in there and a lot of interesting things from knowledgeable people that you can learn. And so sometimes you just need to jump in and do the work of learning something new, and it can be really exciting. And next is Rahul Bajaj. He's a law student from a rural village in India. And if his attitude doesn't convey that the lemonade you can get out of lemons is really good, I don't know what does. If you are a disabled person in a developing country, I think uh, one of the things that one needs to really be mindful of and be cognizant of is that in a world that is essentially designed for the sighted, it is really hard to thrive as a person with a disability. At the same time, such an experience equips you with a set of problem-solving skills and the ability to think out of the box that others don't possess. What I have recognized is that those skills can really help you transform impediments into opportunities for professional growth and advancement. So if one looks at one's challenges as a disabled person from that vantage point, I think one can go very far in life. And to me, that seems to be so true. Everybody has some kind of challenge they have to overcome. They may be a slow runner. They may be a slow reader. They may not be the best at some activity or another. And if you're blind, it just means that you can't see. But you can do many other things. You may do them a little bit differently. And sometimes that's the strength of being blind. You do things a little bit differently, which offers you the opportunity to be creative and thoughtful about what you're doing. And sometimes you will actually add to human knowledge and open up people's eyes as to how things can be done differently and successfully. These next few tips are much more tangible advice. The first one is from George Kornfeld, who's a low vision optometrist, talking about how helpful some of the devices that have been developed for people with low vision can be. You know, my feeling is that somebody might go out of the doctor's office and have a name to what they their condition is. And it's all very nice. But they walk out and it doesn't matter what the condition is, they want to see better. And it doesn't matter what it's called. It doesn't matter how long they've been treated. If they can't see the television, they're not happy. And if this is an opportunity for them to enhance their vision through a low vision device, that's where I'm coming from. And that's why I'm passionate about this, because I've seen over my career that low vision devices work and they make a big difference. People put it on and they they see their grandchildren and they they watch television again. And some of them drive cars again. Um, One patient who's a nurse, her first complaint to me was that she could never drive her teenage boys to their sporting events. 
because she couldn't see. She had juvenile macular degeneration. So she had this from a young age, like 16 or so. I saw her. This was like in February or so. And shortly thereafter, let's say whatever, two or three weeks, or she had a pair of telescopes. And by June, she had a driver's license and her husband had bought her a red truck. Oh, wow. That's just got to be so rewarding. Absolutely. And we particularly enjoyed talking with George as a low vision optometrist, because one of my pet peeves is the feedback people generally get from most ophthalmologists. As George said, they'll treat the disease or the problem. They may make you see better. Sometimes there isn't a solution, but they don't often direct you to people like George who can actually change your life and offer you different kinds of technologies and solutions to make it more enjoyable to do the tasks that you generally like to do. And that's advice that you often don't get from ophthalmologists. And I wish they would refer people more to low vision specialists who can really help people enjoy their daily lives a little better. Next, we have Hans-Jürgen Weiberg, who developed the Be My Eyes smartphone app. And again, this is advice that, you know, so you can't see there are other ways to do things that can make your life easier and more pleasant. My tip of the week or the life is that you need to be absolutely good at using your cane and you have to learn your braille and so on because uh, your cane will never run out of uh, electricity and it doesn't need a connection and so on. And that is the most important thing. And maybe I shouldn't say this, but it is far more important than <laughs> than using Be My Eyes or any other app for that matter. So uh, learn your basic blind skills. That is absolutely the tip of the week. For people who may not be familiar with Be My Eyes, it is an app that runs on your smartphone that enables a visually impaired person to connect with someone who's sighted from around the world who can offer them help through using the camera on their phone. So it's sort of like having a sighted assistance at your disposal any time of day. But as Han says, sometimes we come to rely on these higher tech solutions like cell phones or like sonar canes, etc. But they have batteries. If those batteries drain, you're out of luck. But something like a cane, it may be a low tech solution, but it's always there. And I guess the real point is that there are a variety of solutions and tools for solving any problem or enabling you to do what you want. And so it's good to have a variety of tools at your disposal. But some of the basic ones like canes and braille, they're just always there. We spoke with Amy Bauer about her experiences as a research oceanographer, including when she got attacked by pirates. That was pretty memorable. But she's got advice for people, no matter what field of study or work you want to get into. When I'm meeting with young students who are blind or visually impaired, I really emphasize the need for them to develop their computer skills because it opens up so many job opportunities as well as just uh, lifelong learning, you know, through the Internet, et cetera. You know, if you have those computer skills, you know, the world is really open. 
as Amy says, computer skills in this modern day and age are not only important for everybody, but particularly important for people with vision impairments because computers are so accessible these days and it's our gateway to information. A few years ago, we brought together Dean Blasey, Jim Fruchterman, and Ted Henter in a pair of shows talking about their contributions to access technology. And here they are speaking in that order, talking about how you can be successful in your life and your career. Keep plugging away and don't give up. Working in this field was the best choice I ever made in terms of a career path, and it's made a huge difference to me. I'm just a much happier guy having found this field and this reason to exist. Well, I can second that one. I I have to agree with these two gentlemen, and uh, I think the point is be prepared so when opportunities will come along, Mm -hmm. and when they do, you just want to make sure you're prepared. And one more quick tip from Marty Schultz, the developer of Blindfold Games and Objective Ed. People have said I'm responsible for more blind people wasting time than anybody else in the world. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's our tip of the week. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, 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 success. Now for this week's final item, an off-topic but otherwise useful tip. As we said at the beginning of the focus topic, not all tips are relevant to the topic of the episode, but they're helpful anyway. And we were talking to Dave Wilkinson about the Hymns Blaze multiplayers, and he had a very practical tip that I'm sure many of you will appreciate. One of my favorite applications, when, when you're in the U.S., you can count on hotels being brailed. I was in Canada recently, and my hotel was not brailed. And uh, it had numbers, but I'm not, I'm not all that good with raised numbers. And so I have a luggage locator that I keep in my the outside pocket of my suitcase that has a little transmitter and a receiver, and you hit a button, and it beeps. You know, so you can hear your suitcase zoom by on the carousel. And so to make sure I was in the right hotel room, so I knew I was getting close, I turned the receiver on, and I could hit my little transmitter on my luggage locator as I'm coming up to my door, and I could hear my hotel room beeping. 39 bucks from Brookstone. So this uh, luggage locator beeper, the thing that makes noise is the part you're holding on to or yeah. the part in the luggage? It's the part in the luggage. That's why you can put it in his room and so walk I past can... the room. Yeah. Of course. The other time we used that, this was probably even better than the room. My wife also can't see. And when we moved to Louisville, we knew nothing about Louisville. And we learned our neighborhood by looking at GPS and walking around a lot. Mm -hmm. And one of the immediate problems that came up is how do we know when we're back home? Mm -hmm. Because GPS is only accurate within, you know, whatever. And so we put this little luggage locator in the mailbox. And you're walking down the street (laughs) to hear your mailbox go off. Man, that's great. That's great. Uh, I like that. That's very clever. Neighbors are probably staring at us like, who are these people? But... (laughs) So we hope you enjoyed some of those tips that we've got from people we interviewed. My final tip, by the way, would be to share this show with friends of yours who you think might enjoy it. They can also join our announcements list if they want to get weekly email announcements of each show, or they can join our discussion list if they want to share their thoughts with other listeners. And we'll have information about how to do that, as well as links to 
some of the shows that we referenced in this show in the show notes associated with this episode at www.eyesonsuccess.net. That's it for show number 2110. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be talking about using technology skills for work and pleasure. In an earlier episode, we spoke with Pranav Lal about the voice system that he's been using to enable the blind to see the environment around them by using sound. Next week, we'll talk with him about his career as a cybersecurity consultant and how he continues to make use of the voice system in daily life and in making photographs. And we hope we'll catch you for that episode next week. You've been listening to Eyes on Success, hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy, and distributed by WXXI Reach Out Radio. You can access the full archive of previous shows, subscribe to the podcast, and much more by going to our website, www.eyesonsuccess.net. If you have questions about anything you've heard on the show or have suggestions for future shows, send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. Thank you for listening and have a nice day.